Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. I'm so excited that we're back this week because we missed a week, but that is okay because we were doing some exciting things and just spending time with the Lord. Um, but we are back to you from Stacy's very beautiful kitchen table, which is our office. It is. It is AKA the studio, my kitchen table. And I appreciate that you think it's a beautiful kitchen table. I love it because it's a round kitchen table. And I insisted on a round kitchen table because I love conversation that gets facilitated at a round table. Plus for the space, I just thought round. But if you're listening to the podcast and you hear any, I don't know if I can make it do it right now, but if you hear any creaking noise, it's because I insisted on a round 60 inch kitchen table but it had to have a pedestal center because i hate pulling up to a kitchen table that my feet hit the legs and but the problem is it becomes off kilter and i'm so worried somebody's actually going to stand up push their hands on it and the whole table's going to flip over yeah i have the same issue at home my table's not as pretty as yours but it's i bought it off like facebook marketplace from some like jewelry store that was closing down or something what i know that you were using it as like a, a display table or i something. love your kitchen table yeah it's 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 fine i'm just saying but i get it because i'm like please don't put your elbows on the table not because it's not good manners because your food's going to be in your lap that kind of <laughs> that kind of thing but yeah it's but it is a beautiful office for us it Our is studio that sounds more official yes it and if you want to see the studio, aka the kitchen table and the broken microphone, then you can check us out. Where can they check us out, Suzanne? Um, we now have a Saver Ministries Instagram, and um, we will be having a Saver Ministries Facebook page. And then we're going to create a group just for our um, listeners for the podcast so we can go in and we can chat about it. Um, we have been advised that this would be helpful, and I actually thought it was a great idea because I love, I would love to hear more people chatting about what we're, or what they want to hear. So yeah. I think it's exciting. Yeah, we are very excited about that. We have a lot of exciting news coming your way. When we have not recorded, it's been for multiple reasons, but some of that is because we've been busy working on other things that um, you will soon get to find out about. So you don't want to miss any of the episodes coming up in the fall because we're going to be sharing with you some of the exciting things that we have been working on. Yeah, new ways that we can serve you guys. And so, um, but it has been um, interesting that we're leading into that because today we're actually talking about what? We are talking about the word surrender. And so I think over the last, you know, what, four, four months or so, I think we both have had to surrender some things in order to do some of the things that God's calling us to do um, at Saver um, and Saver Ministries. So um, interesting um, 
lead in and we didn't even plan that and it just kind of happened god's so good I like know, that I he's know. when so. you surrender to him we hope by the end of this episode you will realize that it is actually a good thing not a bad thing so we're going to get into that um, today in this episode because it's probably not one that you're super excited about talking about but i want to just ask you to hang in there and listen to us because i think some of the things we're going to talk about today are going to help you understand that word in a different way than and the connotation of that word and may even give you a little bit of freedom and encouragement is our hope. Yeah. So we kind of chose this topic as like a sequel, so to speak, right, uh, for the repentance episode that we did last time. Why do you think that that is like the next logical kind of topic? Yeah. Great question. And I think really because when we think about, and if you didn't have a chance to listen to the repentance episode, go back and listen to that. But one of the verses we quoted was John talking about how we need to um, bear fruits of repentance. And I think surrender is one of those things. So to repent just quickly is to kind of turn away from and turn towards God and walk towards God. And I think real true surrender, there will be fruit that is born out of that. And I think this idea of surrender is one of those fruits that you see getting produced out of that. And so if you've been kind of meditating or savoring on God's word and the thoughts of repentance, and now you're like, but am I, do, am I, did I really repent? Because I told God I was sorry that I just lost it on my kids and cussed them out. I'm I'm just saying I don't have toddlers. I have teenagers, so it's a little bit different. I highly doubt you cussed them out. You probably said poop. No. Oh, well, that makes me feel a little better no, about myself. No, I'm not going to repeat it because Thank you. <laughs> this is a women's Christian podcast, no, so I'm not going mean, to say the does, cuss word, but yeah. sometimes they frustrate me. Oh, my gosh, I know. And I'm like, what the are you doing right now? Yeah. And so then I ask God to forgive me. I ask my kids to forgive me. But two days later, I still did that thing. So then in my mind, I'm like, did I really repent? Is there repentance there? And so the idea of looking for the fruit of that repentance, and I think one of those fruits that you would see is this idea of surrender. But again, that's a problem because what the heck does the word surrender mean? And interesting fact, the word surrender very hard to find it in the Bible, maybe in some obscure translation, but in most common translations of the Bible, the word surrender never appears in scripture. Yeah, we looked. We did. And if you find it, please let us know. And you can email us at saver at crosstownchurch.com or you can DM us on Instagram. But it was one of those words I was like, what? It's not in the Bible. So it is, but I do think that's really important to point out because if you go to search verses and put the word surrender in as the verse search, you're probably not going to find anything. You'll find things that we're going to talk about today, probably, because it's the concept, right? It's the, it's the concept we're talking about. But that is just a side note, um, an argument that you hear um, in the progressive areas of the church. Um, well, this isn't a thing because that word's not even in the Bible, like, you know, we hear that a lot with homosexuality. We hear that with other things. There was one the other day that I heard, and I can't, dating. The word <laughs> dating. And I was like, is that real? Like, is that a serious thing? Like, the, the idea of dating with the word, that word wasn't even in the Bible. And I was like, what? 
there's lots of words that we use today that are not in the Bible. Um, that Bet. That does not negate the Do you know what I mean principle. when I just said that to you? I didn't even hear what you said. I said bet. Bet? B-E-T, you know, like oh, bet. Oh, is that like cool thing? That's something yeah. people say that are cool. My kids, if they're listening, are cringing right now. Bet. Yeah. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice that throughout <laughs> this episode. You probably shouldn't take pointers from me on it, though. And the you know what other word? Totally on a tangent, but you ladies are in with it for yeah. us. So if not, then just um, go talk to your kids for a second while we're talking about this. Say bet. Yeah. Um, whip. Got any whip? Oh, yeah. I think that's old, though. But I but Do you know what saying it, is? it again. A car, right? Yes, or a boat. I had no oh. idea. What? Did you whip. Yeah, Josh was like that before though. I tell know, me one of his I don't friends. Know if I heard bet. Yeah, he told me one of his you friends. You must be real on the edge of that one. I think bet is kind of old too. Um, I don't know. Well, we're old, so that works out. It's it, true. It checks out. Um, so anyway, but I do also agree with what you said earlier that sometimes we hear this word surrender and we think like, uh, like it. And that's not a good word. But in my own life, personally, surrender has always led me to abundance of something. Yes. And that's kind of what we want to get into today. And just wanted to let you know that we know that that word isn't in scripture, but there are a lot of other concepts that we know that the Bible teaches that are not explicitly written in scripture. And one of those words is the Trinity. The word Trinity does not appear in scripture, but references to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in one verse together are written in scripture. And so out of that, we extrapolate the idea of the Trinity. And in the same way, we're going to get into what the Bible is actually talking about. And out of some of those words that we're going to dig into today, that's where we extrapolate the idea of surrender. And so a lot of times, just in general conversation, apart from the Bible or Christian communities, the word surrender means like giving up and you know you if a military force has come in and taken over you surrender if they won the battle and so that's not the kind of surrender that we're talking about today Um, we're talking about really there are two biblical words that give us this idea of surrender that Suzanne and I both have personally experienced in our own lives that have been just full of blessing and fruit And the two words are submit and obey, which, who likes those words? Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. I may have talked about this before, but when I got married um, to Jeremy, because there's been more than one, um, (laughs) when I got married to Jeremy, I didn't, of course, I still think this is a really, a thing that women struggle with about in the vows, it usually says something about I'll submit to you, Mm -hmm. something like that. And I didn't understand even what that meant. I think it's still a struggle for some of us in the church today to understand what that means. Um, And I actually told them, do not read that part during my vows. Wow, that's a real act of submission on your part. I know, right? (laughs) Submitting to myself and my own desires and my own understanding. I'm just teasing you. You know No, it's true. Um, Because instead of trying to do the work of figuring out what that meant or what God meant by that, um, and probably because I didn't know all the character of God then either, honestly, because now I'd be like, well, that's not the, what the, what I think it is telling me or what certain people are telling me or certain media outlets or certain whatever fill in the blank is telling me that means 
is probably not what that means because I know who God is. So it was just not, I mean, I just so, and actually it was funny because during the ceremony, the pastor said it anyway, and I almost hesitated. I, I can feel it in my head. I can go back to that very moment. There's like a hesitation where I'm not going to say it, but then I said it, obviously. Um, so it does. I mean, but it's not what we think. I mean, I don't think that Right. we can do a whole nother episode on that, but so it's more, it means something way more robust than what we think. Yeah. And I think we get a beautiful picture in the gospels mm-hmm. of what submit and obey looks like. I think, um, and if you guys want, I'm going to read to you a little bit of this because it is just such a beautiful picture of the idea of submitting and obeying, and it comes from Jesus. And so, um, and we know the blessing we have received because Jesus, when he took on the form of man and he took on human flesh and he lowered himself to be walking on earth, we see him submitting and obeying to his father. And so I want to read to you probably something you guys are all familiar with. If you've been in church at all, or you've been exposed to scripture, you're familiar with the Garden of Gethsemane moment with Jesus. Um, And it's in most of the gospels, maybe in every gospel, I should probably have looked that up, but I know it's in multiple gospel accounts, but I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 26. And um, I just want you to listen to to what Jesus is saying and how Jesus is feeling in this, but it is a beautiful picture of the idea of submitting and obeying. It says, Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be grieved and distressed. And then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them to fall on his face, and he prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And then it goes on to talk about how he went back to the disciples, and they were sleeping and he's like, Hey, keep watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. And then he went back three different times and he prayed the same thing, not my will, but your will be done. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And I think that is the most beautiful picture of submission and obedience that we have, um, in scripture because he was grieved and sorrowful because he knew that the father was asking him to submit to this plan of salvation for the whole world. And it was going to be brutal. I mean, Jesus was about to be scourged, beaten with a cat of nine tails, which is like with metal and um, glass leather strips that were across his back and pulling all the skin off of his back until the bones were exposed. I mean, he was about to endure excruciating pain, being stripped, being beaten, being spit on, being mocked. He knew that was coming for him. And that's why he's praying. (laughs) If there's another way, let this cup pass before me. So in that idea of submitting in obedience, we see Jesus saying, I don't really want to do this because in his flesh, he knew how hard that was going to be. But yet, he willingly submitted. And we have other scripture in the New Testament that says, but 
because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, even the shame of the cross, because at that time, being murdered on a cross, being crucified was the most demeaning death. And it was, I mean, it was so much so that even Roman citizens could not be murdered in that way. Um, That's so he knew that, but we see this beautiful picture of submission where it is hard. It isn't easy. It isn't like butterfly and roses. For sure. And I think that, um, you know, in Matthew 2, right, in Matthew, let me look, 10, it, no, Matthew 16, you know, that's where Jesus talks and says, if anyone wants to follow me, you have to deny himself. And so there is this idea of, there is a part of surrender that is going to cost us something. Um, but I think the return is always going to be better. And so trying to remember that. There's another scripture that I really like that I was just, that just popped up and it says, it's Galatians 5.24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm. And I think for me, that spoke to me because I don't think the idea of surrender always, I think there's, it's a couple different things. I think it is surrendering whatever it is to Christ. Like for me recently, I'll give you a practical example. Um, God has called Stacy and I to step into this ministry to do more, to, you know, continue obeying what he's asking us to do. And there is a great joy in it. But part of me in my flesh, I want to move out to some land. I want to get a barn dominium. I want to just have my dogs, get some chickens that will lay some eggs for me and like kind of live off the grid, right? Like that is my personal fleshly desire. That in and of itself is not a bad desire. Mm -hmm. There's nothing bad in that. When it becomes... um, I don't, not even bad. It, it's not going to be bad. But when it becomes in opposition is when I say, I'm going to do that instead of surrendering to the will of God, yeah. which at this juncture, we feel like really is to step into the Savior ministries and to begin to pour our lives into that. Yes. So there is a surrender in that for me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's not that I'm about to be, you know, beat to death or hung on a cross, but I am surrendering to what God has for me and having to kill that desire in me for a while. And I don't think that necessary that means forever. I have no idea. Yeah. I just step into one next o- obedience after another, submitting and surrendering to the will of God in my life. Yeah. And, and I think there's so much blessing that comes from it, but we are afraid to do it because there are also sacrifices that come with it. And I think the most important thing to remember, if you're listening today and you're like, that does, still does not encourage me or sound fun, I, I need you to hear this today. God always leads with love. God always always leads with love. So if there is something he is asking you to submit to his authority, to obey him in, it is because it's the most loving thing he can ask you to do. So you may feel like you're being punished or God's trying to deny you things. 
scripture tells us in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 86, that he will not deny any good thing to those whose way is blameless or righteous. And if you are in Christ, if you've given your life to him, then your life is righteous, even if you're not feeling that, because we bear the righteousness of Christ Jesus, who lived a sinless, perfect life. And so when you think about what God's asking you to do, it's because he loves you and he leads with that love, but he loves you so much he's not going to let you stay in the place you were when he saved you. And I think we forget that sometimes. Well, God died, sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to save me from my sin. That's the point, to save you from it so that you don't stay in it. Because if you have a loved one, whether it's a spouse or a child or a sibling that you love and you see them making choices that are not the best choices for their life, you know the grief of watching them make those bad choices over and over again, and you don't want them to do that. How much more our Father in Heaven who loves us feels that way towards us. And so we don't know everything God knows, and we don't see the whole picture. Um, I, I have a situation in my life where God is saying, just wait. And I'm like, I don't want to wait anymore. I've been waiting a really long time, like two years. And there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of sorrow and there's a lot of agony in this situation. And God says, I know, and I see it. And you are not like me, Stacy, and you do not understand what's coming, but I do. And I am asking you to wait, to look forward with a hope and an expectancy, putting your hope in Jesus Christ, not in your circumstance today. So I need you to submit to me in this. And some days I'm really good at submitting mm -hmm. it. And other days I'm just like, well, this is what we're going to do in this situation. And this is what needs to happen in this situation. And then the Holy Spirit comes in with that conviction. And I'm just like, oh, I know God, I'm sorry. And then I have to look at my husband and say, I'm really sorry. I heard one pastor say, hey, wives, you're a trash Holy Spirit. And so I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> I texted Chris the other day and I was like, hey, by the way, I get it. I know I'm a trash Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Matt Chandler. Yeah, it was yeah, Matt Chandler. Yeah, I love him. Yes. I, I heard that too. And I think of that because how many times do I try to convict my husband? Or really you could it, fill in the blank. When you're trying to convict anybody, your best friend, your kid, whoever, you're a trash Holy Spirit. And that, to me, that is a, a part of surrendering. Yes. Because we surrender things to God as well, right? Like you think about people always say, just lay that at the feet of Jesus. Well, that's basically what that means. So surrender is not always giving up something you want. It's also saying, um, I'm going to... I can't control this, and I'm going to lay this at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to surrender this to him, submit to his will, and there should be a peace that comes. Yeah. Now, that's not saying you're going to pick it up in five minutes. you got to lay it back down in 10. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and we have a practical example of this today. I'll just share. So this morning, Suzanne was out walking. And listen, if you don't have a friend who prays for you, let us know because we want to be that friend for you. But Suzanne was out praying for me today. And we've had a busy week. Her and I worked all day yesterday in the AKA studio, my kitchen <laughs> table. Um, and 
I have a busy day today and and a pretty busy day tomorrow. And so I wasn't sure we were going to be able to record the podcast. And Suzanne went out for a walk and prayed for me this morning. And she just started praying. Instead of telling me what I needed to do today and how to make time for the podcast, she didn't text me and tell me that, didn't suggest it, but she just prayed and asked God to direct me today and to convict me. Like she literally prayed and asked God to convict me today. And guess what, y'all? He did. And how long after you prayed that did I call you and say, okay, let's do the podcast? Yeah, I was actually out walking when you called me, but I had been praying that morning and so it had maybe been an hour. I mean, it doesn't usually work that fast. But when you called, I was like, shut your face. Like, are you seriously <laughs> telling me that you're not going to do the things you had to do and you've made other plans? And I was like, that was quick, Lord. Thank you. And when I have prayed for the Holy Spirit to convict other people, I don't do that a lot because it even feels weird yeah. to do it. And then even to tell you, I was like, please don't be offended. Please don't be offended. Even though I had already seen the outcome, yeah. I still said, please don't be offended. Please don't be offended. You know? I'm not. I'm grateful that I have a friend. But you don't have to tell someone that you prayed that for them. Right. I was just like, I was shocked because it happened so fast, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, we are trash Holy Spirits. <laughs> we are. Thank you, Matt Chandler, for reminding <laughs> us of that. But that that is part of the beautiful act of submitting and obeying that encompasses this idea of surrendering that we can really trust God because He leads with love. I just don't think we truly truly understand God's lead to us is with love every single time. And anything he is asking you to do that you don't want to do, it is because it is for your best. He knows what is best for you. He is not going to ask you to do something that is going to bring harm to your life. But we are saturated and inundated in a culture that is against his biblical law, his ideas, his concepts, the world is so different than that. And so it is so hard to decipher the difference. But I want to just read with you this other passage in Romans. Um, you know, I, I think the most beautiful picture of submit and obey is out of Gethse- is out of the um, story of Jesus in Gethsemane. But then in Matthew 8, I'm sorry, in Romans 8, starting in verse 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? You see, when Jesus submitted to the Father's will, it was for our good. And when you think about when God's asking you to submit something, to surrender, to obey him in something that you don't fully understand, go back to Romans 8 and read that verse and remind yourself Jesus and what he did in the Garden of Gethsemane and how he willingly submitted so that we can be in relationship with God. And that changes our understanding and our perspective on the idea of submit and obey God. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's actually when you when you do it and you try it and you see the abundance, and it might be two years later, it might be three years later, it might be on the other side of heaven. Or it might be an hour after you pray. Right. It's the, but you have to know and trust who God is. And so maybe even that's another step before surrendering. If you don't feel like you know who God is, 
then start there. Yeah. Um, because it's going to be hard to surrender to somebody that you don't know. Um, maybe start there if you need to start there. So, so, so let's press on that just a second. Yeah. How, like if I'm listening to this and I don't, I don't know God, like I know of God. I hear other women talk about God. I hear other women talk about hearing from God, which on a side note, one of my kids the other day, <laughs> I must have this like really weird persona for them about me hearing from God. We were talking, I was talking with my kids about, Hey, you know, have you been hearing from God? And we were talking about how I hear from God. One of my kids thought that every time God spoke to me, I heard it audibly. (laughs) I was like, that's not really that dumb. Like I, when people always say God told me, I'd be like, well, did you, did you hear him? Like, what's his voice sound like? But (laughs) yeah. So even in that, I thank God to speak to us in different ways. I personally have never heard an audible voice of God, and 99% of the people that I know who say God communicates with them is never through an audible voice. That's I'm why I'm not going to say it doesn't can't happen. Well, that's why it was so shocking yeah. that my child thinks I was like, "Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I have made you think that me and God have conversations where I hear His audible voice." Gosh, that would and, be so awesome if you did that. Wouldn't it make yeah. things so much easier? Oh man! But I can tell you, there are times where I have been sitting in the morning and I have heard it just as clear as I hear your voice, Mm -hmm. even though it wasn't audible, it was so intense. So how do we know God? How do we get to know God? And I honestly think it's through his word. Like we can know of God, know about God, but if you want to know the character and nature of God, you got to get into his word. Yeah, I mean, his word reveals himself to us. And so definitely get into his word. We try to help you guys do that. That's one of the reasons that we exist here at Saver. Um, And so definitely, and if you need help with that, let us know. Um, We're working on some things to help you with that. Um, But just trust us. Yeah. That this is worth investigating. If you have never surrendered your life or surrendered something of your struggle or your desire or your passions of your flesh to God, there will be abundance in your obedience. Absolutely. And you're going to be tempted not to do it. And we think back to the passage in Matthew that I read. He said, keep watch and pray so that you don't fall into temptation, you know? And that temptation is to just turn our backs on him when we don't see the outcome we want. Because sometimes you are going to be asked to be obedient in something and you don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to you and you don't see the outcome happening that you want. I promise there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. There is an abundance from God that will come into your life that even in my situation personally where I have had to submit to him, obey him, surrender this situation to him, I'm not saying it's been easy the whole time and there's been sorrow over it, but I can tell you there is an overarching peace. And this is a weird thing that's happened to me recently where the situation may be changing. And um, part of me is like, oh, I don't know, God, if I'm ready for it to change because I have so much dependence on him daily for this situation and have for two solid years that if it gets resolved, I'm like, oh, I'm going to. I might miss part of this dependence. I know that's really weird and no, messed up, but I mean it's not. And I, th- I think his word actually tell us that our suffering leads us to the cross. Yeah, and and so I we just want to encourage you in that, and um, you know just help you to get into God's word, to savor his goodness in his word, to get to know him uh, through his word. And so that kind of sets up our savor moment for today. Um, 
So I want to encourage you guys today in your savor moment um, by reading a passage of scripture to you, if I can find it. Yes, we're back in Matthew, and um, Matthew 28. So the very end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus has died on the cross, he's been resurrected, he's come back, and he's been interacting with his disciples, and he's about to leave again. And... Um, This is what Jesus, these are the last words Jesus is speaking to them. And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Side note, there's a reference to the Trinity without saying the word Mm -hmm. Trinity. It continues, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And so the last thing Jesus tells his disciples is go and make disciples. And we forget, like we hear the Great Commission and we hear that part, but we forget the part where he says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That is part of discipleship, is that whoever's discipling you, if you've got someone in your life saying, I want to disciple you, and they are never talking to you about obedience, and they're just saying, you just keep doing you, God loves you, you don't have to worry about it, God's not saying anything to you that's going to hurt you, that's not true discipleship. True discipleship is when someone comes alongside you and they're like, hey, I need to teach you how to obey God. And obedience and submission and this idea of surrender is one step at a time, one small step. So today, for your savor moment, we want you to read that passage in Matthew 28 and then ask God, God, what are you asking me to obey you to do today? Maybe he's asking you to obey in speaking kind words to that coworker that has been so unkind to you, that has been so mean to you, that's been so abrasive. Maybe today God is saying, I need you to obey me in showing kindness, even when they don't like you, even when they're mean to you. I need you to obey me in kindness. I don't know what the step of obedience is going to be for you today, but we're praying that God will powerfully come through and show you his love for you in that. So in this savor moment, we want you to read, we want you to do that, but we'd also like you to maybe, maybe just what, surrender to our opinion on some drinks? <laughs> yeah, I, I tell us your drink. Okay, so when we were setting up the savor mm-hmm. moment, Susie and you know, we bring different gifts to the table. And so I'm all about like crazy wild food. And Suzanne's like, let's just keep it simple. And can you make something that I can make? (laughs) You can make any of this. I know that I want to make. Right. There you go. (laughs) Um, So my drink. So we were talking about, you know, we're going to give you these kind of fun, crazy drinks that we're going to ask you just to to trust us in this because we love you and we want you to savor something really good. So mine is a rosemary ginger mule. And so um, it will be the recipe I'm going to share. It's actually attached to a bunch of recipes that I'm going to share the link. So it's all kinds of like 30 non-alcoholic fun drinks, but the one I want to share with you guys is the rosemary ginger mule. So you basically are going to make a simple syrup with rosemary. So it's a rosemary syrup and you mix it with 
uh, ginger beer. Again, we all know that I have some favorites, but actually my ginger beer kick of the choice, like my choice right now is uh, the Q ginger beer. It's just spicy enough. Um, so I'll include that in the show notes. Just trust me in it. Suzanne was like, I would not make that because I do not like rosemary and I do not like ginger. I, um, I mean, I like rosemary on some things, like maybe a potato, like those little round potatoes. Not to drink, no. Though. Um, I mean, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I'm not, and I don't love ginger beer, but I am going to trust you that it will at least it let me experience something new. Yes. And so I will try your rosemary ginger mule. Okay. But for me and my simple ladies, yes, um, as our our new coach, um, <laughs> mentor, whatever, yes. um, told us, I'm a kind of a t-shirt girl. Yes. I like that she said that. Yes. Um, but anyway. My point is, I'm simple, and I wanted to make something really simple, and I saw something online the other day, and y'all are going to be like, that's so simple. I can't believe you think this is exciting, but I'm excited. So you get a Coke or a Diet Coke or a Coke Zero, and you buy those little True Line packets, put the whole packet in your Coke, and drink that, and it's supposed to taste so yummy and refreshing. So that's my super simple drink recipe (laughs) from a t-shirt, girl. (laughs) I love it. There you go. So whether you try the rosemary ginger mule or the soda with the true lime in it, or you try both of them, we would love to hear from you. And more than anything, if you're making that drink or the next time you drink your favorite drink, we want you to just use that. The reason we tie it together is because we live in real physical bodies and we want you to use that as a reminder to make you think about the goodness of God because we're inundated with all kinds of things that constantly take our mind away from God. And every single one of us, whether we love it, hate it, or have all kinds of thoughts about it, have to eat and drink every day. And so when you do that, we want you to remember that you can taste and see that the Lord is good and he leads with love. And those who look to them, look to him will be radiant and their faces will not be covered in shame. So we have loved doing this episode with you guys today. We would love to hear from you. Um, Don't forget to like or subscribe and we look forward to seeing you soon. Bye. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.